Good morning. How are you guys? Okay, so that last phrase, have you ever had somebody say, why don't you listen for a change? Right? Ever had that? But think about it this way. Have we ever, how are we going to change if we don't listen, right? Why don't we start to listen for a change? That's the idea behind this next series that's going to lead us into Advent. And uh, we are looking forward, I think, to digging into God's word and continuing in this book of James to find out what he has to say about this. Um, we live in a world of information. I don't know if you guys have figured that out yet, right? Some information is more critical than others. There's a lot of information out there, and so sometimes information and key details get lost. For example, this past week, we completely lost track of where we were in the fall, and so we forgot to get a slide or an announcement together about the time change next week. (laughs) But pretty pretty important information, isn't it? If you have that little bit of information next week, you sleep in for for an hour, right? Is that all good? Everybody likes that? Oh, come on, you guys. You guys are looking like you need it already, huh? If you don't, then you get to be here early with us, an hour early with nothing to do, and we'll put you to work. So... Take that information, use it as you want, but some information can be important, can't it? You know, in this world of information, we have different things that we call it. We call it truth, we call it facts, we call it knowledge, we call it understanding, but all of those things are the things that shape our perspectives, they shape, they inform our decisions, they influence our behavior, and today in the book of James, we're going to be looking at a couple of behaviors that James is going to introduce us to. Behaviors that can be an incredible benefit to our lives, but we know that in order to engage in those kind of behaviors, we need to have a reason. We need to have the information that gives us the context and the incentive to actually put these things into practice in our lives. So that's what we've been looking at the last several weeks. And now this week, we're getting to this point that James was trying to get to with his people. So let's stand together as we continue to look at James chapter 1, verse 19 through 21, and we hear these words from God about what are some healthy behaviors that we can put into place to have a more healthy life and to have, build more healthy relationships. One, uh, first chapter of James, James 1, 19 through 21. Knowing this, we're going to talk about what that means, but knowing this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Those are some big words. I mean, some big ideas. This idea of achieving the righteousness of God, right? The salvation of our souls. That's really James's way of saying, if you want to attain to, if you want to grab hold of the life that God has for you, the relationships, the connections, the peace that God intended for you, the life really that all of us desire, this is how we do it. And he says it comes from this one simple action. It really all stems from this one thing, having this one thing in mind. Today's message is titled, Listen First. Yikes, huh? (laughs) Listen first. Let's pray. Father, this morning we want to listen. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from your word. That word that you have said is able to save our souls. That word that you have said 
is able to transform us and change us into those, the lives, the beings, the people that you intended. That we will become more and more like Jesus. That we will be transformed to take on more and more the image of your children. So Father, we pray that you would be here and be speaking to us. Holy Spirit, we give you our attention. We give you our eyes, our ears, our hearts so that we might see, that we might hear, that we might understand what you're saying to us this morning. We pray that you would speak, Lord, for your glory. We pray that you would lift up the name of Jesus in this place and that you would do all of this by the power of your spirit alone. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. Did you know, did you know, here's some important information, right? Did you know that Termites on this planet outweigh people 10 to 1. Did you know that? Did you know that a, a sunset on Mars actually has a bluish tint to it? Did you know that? Did you know that you share your birthday with probably 9 million other people on this planet? Did you know that? Well, maybe not. Did you care? Probably not, Right? I mean, those are great questions for like Trivial Pursuit or Jeopardy, but those are the kind of items, that's the kind of information we could go through our whole life not knowing, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't miss anything by not knowing those things, right? But how about this? Did you know that chronic stress leads to health problems? Did you know that? Did you know that if you make too many, if you miss too many payments on your car, it gets repossessed? Did you know that if you stare at your screen too late at night, either a computer or a tablet or your your phone, too close to when you go to bed, you're not going to sleep as well? Did you know that? Yeah. A lot of you guys guys probably did know that. Why? Because those are important bits of information. They have everything to do with our lives. James understood that knowing or not knowing can lead to good or bad decisions, which can lead to a a good or a, a... bad life. And so he wants us to understand some things. So instead of just diving into some instructions that he wanted to give to the church and give to us, instead he he took half a chapter to give us some background, to give us some information that would give us the insight and and the context for why we would want to do these things. Instead of just jumping in and telling us, listen better and quit talking so much and don't get angry so much, He said, this is why, this is how you can be confident in spite of the fact that you're not talking as much, you can be confident that you're covered. And he summarizes all of that at the beginning of our passage in those two words where he says, knowing this. You go, knowing what? Knowing everything I just talked about. So knowing what? Knowing things like this that we have looked at over the last several weeks. Knowing that every time you go through a tough time, That you can count on the fact that that can be used and it will only serve to prove that the trust that you put in God, prove to you and to the people around you that the trust that you put in God is well-founded. Knowing that if you ever need wisdom in a tough time, that that God will give it to you if you'll just ask. Knowing that no matter how the situation appears, you are in 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 an amazing position with God as his beloved child, no matter what it looks like on this earth. And knowing that, that if all that you anchor to is this earth, then that's gonna pass away. 
It's not gonna be a foundation for your security at all. Knowing that God is never behind the trouble that we face in our, in our world, knowing that that trouble only comes, the trouble, the pain, the death that we experience only comes from our own poor choices, the poor choices of those around us or the poor choices that have gone before us, but not from God, knowing that only good and every good comes from God and that God never changes in his plan towards us or his good intentions towards us, knowing that His only plan for us has always been that we would be transformed by his message, by this word he speaks to us, so that we would become in the midst of this world of brokenness, of lies, of death, of pain, that we would become those who are like this first wave of his new kingdom. That has always been his intention. And he says, knowing this, knowing all that, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That should give us the confidence to go at this world very differently than what we see going on around us. So why is knowing all that important to doing what sound like some simple things? Well, it's because if I don't know that God is for me, if I don't know that he is working for my good and that he will be relentless until he brings that in, that he brings that about, if I don't know that, then I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be looking out for my own self. I'm not gonna ever stop talking. I'm going to always be pleading my case to other people. I'm always going to try and make others understand how important I am and the things that I care about. I'm going to be always talking. I can't, and, and I won't, if I don't know that, if I don't know that God is for me, I, I won't stop being angry. I can never stop being angry at those that I I perceive as being those obstacles in the way and just messing up my best plans for my best life. I will never think that there's enough time to get done all the things that I need to accomplish in order to be successful in this life. I will never have time to listen, not to people drone on and on about what's important to them when I could be pursuing what's important to me, right? If I don't know these things, if I don't understand that God is with me and God is for me, if you don't understand that God is with you and that he is for you, we will never, we will be quick to speak. We'll be quick to anger. We'll be slow to, slow to listen. It's only by knowing all this, knowing who God is, knowing how he is at work in our lives, knowing what he is pursuing for us and what we should be pursuing with him. Only through knowing this that we can even begin to think about doing these things that God recommends that we do in our lives, that we learn how to listen first. So why is listening so important? I want you to think about what listening does for us. What does listening do? Listening is where we learn from others different perspectives, right? Our world starts opening up. We, we find that there are different ways to think, different perspectives, different solutions to problems. Our small self-world that we can come up with our, on our own all of a sudden starts getting expanded. And we start seeing there are far more, there's far more solutions to problems. There are far more opportunities. There are far more ways to look at things than we might come up with on our own. That's what happens when we listen. When we start to listen, we even begin to understand ourselves better as we begin to see how others perceive who we are, and we begin to see how our, our words and our actions actually impact their lives. 
Listening is where we begin to see that we were not made to live alone with our own thoughts and our own best ideas. Instead, we were meant to live in connection with others, not in isolation. We were meant to become better because our ideas, our best ideas become better ideas when, they're in, when we are linked together, when we are listening, when we are communicating with others, if we learn how to listen first. And so God says, listening first. By listening also, we come to understand that we're not, just, we're not just here to connect with others, we're also here to connect with God, to be connected with God. We, we are here, and it's this where James especially leans in. He has just told us in the verse before, he said, you know, God gave his word so that we would be created to be this like this new wave of his new kingdom, right? That's what God gave his word for, was to transform our lives and to make us more like his son, Jesus. Well, how do you receive a word? You listen. God gave his message, so how do we hear God's message? We listen. I wanna ask you guys something because it made me think about these things. How do I spend my time with God? Is it listening? Or is it constantly talking to him about all the things that are on my mind and on my heart and my best ideas and the things I want to see him do for me? Is that what I spend my time with God doing? Because he says that his word will change us, but we have to listen first. Sometimes we, we say that we can't find that peace that we know that God has promised and we say, why can't we find his peace? And maybe it's because we're not listening to him for where we should be looking for that peace. Sometimes we say, I don't know what my calling is. God supposedly has crafted me and created me and designed me to do something important in this world, but I don't know what it is. Why can't we find it? Well, maybe it's because every time we get with God, we're telling him what we want to be. Instead of asking him, God, what have you made me to be? What should I be pursuing in this life and in this world? James says that whether it's God or people, we need to learn how to listen first. That will change everything. To listen first, be quick to move into that posture, not of speaking our own mind, not of reacting in anger, but move into that posture of just receiving, of listening. Next he says, and be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Now, is speaking important in this life? Yeah, there are some times that speaking is incredibly important. Speaking is when we make our own understandings, our own perspective, our own thoughts known. Why is it important to speak? Well, because if there was no speaking, there'd be no listening, right? So somebody's got to be talking, so it's okay to be talking. Parents, you need to be speaking. You need to be speaking to your kids, And helping them understand what are good choices, what are bad choices, what are things that are worth pursuing in this life. We all need to be speaking. We need to be speaking to our friends and family and telling them about Jesus, about why we do what we do, why we are who we are, why we value what we value. Because if we don't say anything, they're never going to know. They may not just figure it out on their own. We need to be speaking. It's important for teachers to teach and train their students by speaking. It's important for managers to tell their employees, this is what we're doing as a team so that they have a clear picture of where they're they're going and what their part is in it. So it's important to speak. It's important for us to speak at times, to speak up for those who are oppressed, for those who don't have a voice. So yeah, it's important to speak. But James says, be slow to speak. Think about it. 
Think about what you're going to say. Hold back in that moment. Is, is what I'm feeling, is it really as important as what I'm feeling in this moment? How many of you guys get caught up in a moment when you're in a conversation and you just kind of roll with it, right? Just me? Okay, don't see any hands out there. You at home? Are you with me? Yeah, right? How many times do we just get caught up in that and we just roll with it instead of doing what James says? He says, no, step back. Think about it. Do I really need, especially knowing what I know about how God is with me in this situation, knowing what I know about God's plans for where I'm going, knowing what I know about how what I see doesn't really matter as much as what I know to be true with God. Knowing what I knew, is it really that important that I plead my case right here? Is it really that important that I, that I put my, that person in their place right now? Is that really that important? Step back and be slow to speak. James says that if we are listening, listening should be that first reaction that when we hear somebody speak, we should listen and lean into the listening and we should step back from the speaking. Speaking should come after reflecting on what we've just heard by listening first. Many of you have um, been introduced to this practice they call active listening. You guys have heard of that, right? Active listening. That's when, when somebody speaks to you, what you do is instead of leaning in and saying what you think immediately, you start asking questions to make sure you understand what they're talking about. Or you summarize for them and you say, is this, is this what you're saying? Until they, they kind of let you off that hook. You keep, you keep at it until they tell you, yes, I believe that you've really heard what I was saying. And why, why is that important? Why is that kind of listening important? Well, it's important because there's so many times, so many places in the communication process where communication can break down, isn't there? I mean, there's, think about communication and how it happens and where it could break down. It starts with, I get this idea in my mind, Right? Now, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but it's all I have to go with, so I go with that idea. And then I translate it to some words. Now, I have no idea whether those words are gonna be the words that you would have thought of if you would have had this idea. I don't even know if you've ever come up with this idea before. I don't know if it's gonna connect to you at all, but I'm gonna try with these words to communicate to you what I'm trying to say so that you can understand what I'm thinking. So then I take these words and I go with them because again, they're the only words I have and I send them through and they come through this thing, this grid of all my experience and everything that I've learned and then I throw those words out into space. Now, how many of you have ever been in a, a loud coffee shop when you're trying to talk to somebody? That's often the space that we throw it into, right? That space can be loud because there's noise. There's a siren going by. There's a plane overhead. That space can be loud because there's tension between the two people. Right? So that hearing is hard to do in that, in that space. But that's the space we throw it into the atmosphere and out go those words, out from our mouths the best we can. And out from our mouths, assuming that we don't stutter, that we don't start to second guess ourselves, that we don't stumble and mess up our own, our own communication of what we're trying to say. But out they go and they go into this atmosphere. And however they get there, they get to the person's ears. Well, then we have trouble, right? Because what if that person's ears are full of wax? What if that person has this horrible ringing sound going on constantly in their head? What if that person, they're not even looking at us, they're turned around and all they hear is a muffled version of, right? And it was an important thing we said. What if that person doesn't even know 
we're talking to them. You've done that before, right? Somebody's having a conversation, all of a sudden you, oh, you're talking to me. Try and clue into what they're saying. So the words go in, and then that person takes it through their, their whole filter of all the things they've experienced and everything they've known. And they try and break it down, and they try and construct this idea from the words you've just spoken based on the idea that you had in your head. They try and put together an idea in your, their head that matches the one in yours. And then, if we don't take the time to clarify, to make sure that those two things match, if we don't take the time to make sure that we know what the other person is talking about, we just go with it. And we start building, we build words and we send out a new message based on no matter how well or how poorly that idea is formed in our head. So James says, instead of just speaking quickly after you've listened quickly, He says, lean in quickly to listen and then be slow to speak. Listen some more. Keep at it until you actually hear what's going on. There are a lot of places where communication can break down. This is just acknowledging it. Did you know that in active listening, they found that this is effective not just in, we think of it like in relationships and in marriages and families and parents and children. We think of it in those contexts. This is also very important. They found, they've done studies about when they, a company actually teaches their employees to listen to each other. And they give them the flexibility and the time before a project so that they don't, they're not wasting time by getting kind of on the same page together. Instead, they say, no, this is an important part of the process. And they teach them, they give them the flexibility to take the time to listen well. They found that they save money. And you know why? Because they're not all tied up with conflict. That eats up all that time and we eats up all the productivity that could be used on the product if they just would have taken time to listen first and listen well. So James says that's what we need to do. We need to be quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak and speak only when we really have an idea of what we're talking about and when we've taken time to form our thoughts. And then he says this thing, he says, and be slow to anger. They go, Where does, what is, how does anger fit into this? Is this something that they're angry when they get started? Sometimes we, we go into conversations and we're angry. And he says, you know, it's important to be slow to anger there too. But what is he talking about? I, I want you to think about one situation. How many times have you taken the time to actually listen to what somebody says? And the more you hear and the more clearly an idea of what you have <laughs> that, that you, you hear them saying, the more angry you get. I mean, you're finding out that no, this person just didn't sound like they're opposed to what I'm, who I am and what I stand for. They are. They are working against me at every turn. No, this person just didn't sound like they might not understand what I say. They fundamentally disagree with everything that I, that I understand the world to be and how I understand my, what I understand my life to You know, when that kind of thing, or how many times have you been sitting talking with someone and the more you hear them speak, you start hearing just this. You start hearing hatred. You start hearing gossip. You start hearing evil and undercutting. Those are those times that all of a sudden our anger starts coming up and we justify it then. Other times we might not justify it, but then it's our anger comes up. We rise up in all our righteous indignation. Now, this is where Jesus came in. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, that's when we start taking people and we say, you know, if, you were, if you're thinking that, you're thinking it for really one of three reasons. 
Either you're just an idiot or else, or else there's something fundamentally wrong with, with you. So you're, you're either an idiot or else you're just, you're an evil person or there are demons behind this, man. You're just, you're spiritually, you're spiritually being driven by a force that you don't even know. We start taking a person and we start dropping them so that they become less and less of a human being that we're dealing with. That's what anger does. That's why Jesus said, you think it's bad to murder. You should be taken to court immediately for intervention when you get angry at somebody because that's when we start bringing people down. We, start, we stop treating them like the person that they are, that beautiful being who's been created in God's image, who God loved enough to send his son and give his own life for. We quit speaking to them in that way. It doesn't matter if they're a friend. It doesn't matter if they're just a bagger at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if they're our spouse. It doesn't matter who they are. When we get angry, all of a sudden they start ticking down on that. He says, you gotta be slow to anger. You gotta slow that down. James says, be slow to anger. Why? Why should we? Well, because one, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. So we, in fact, in that moment, we might be wrong. So slow it down. You're not God. You don't know for sure that you're the one in the right yet. Why should we slow it down? It may be that we simply don't understand yet. How many times have you ever gotten in an argument with somebody and you're just, and the further you get into it, you start realizing, I think we're saying the same thing. And how hard is that to back out of? It says, be slow to anger. But do you know the main reason that, that James uses this, this phrase, slow to anger? What he's really doing is he is, he is directing the attention of his, his audience. Those who are reading this letter, he's directing their attention back to a passage in the Old Testament. It's a passage that shortly after we arrived here, I taught on this passage and we dug into depth because it is the foundation for all of our understanding about who God is, about what our purpose is, about what it means to be like God. It's found in Exodus 34 verse six and God is describing himself to Moses. And in that passage, he says, this is who I am. I want you to know who I am. I am the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in kindness, loving kindness, and faithfulness towards you. When we looked at this phrase, slow to anger, what we saw that it meant was that God, when he has every reason to be frustrated with us, right? When he has every reason to just throw us off and just say, I am done, and to just get rid of us and bring his wrath and condemnation down on us when he has every justification for, do, for doing that. Instead, he says, you know what I do? I take a deep breath and I dive back in with compassion and grace. That's slow to anger. He says, when I have every justification to be angry, instead, I choose to be patient. I choose to stretch it out one more, one more step, one more day, one more opportunity and lay it before you that, this, that the, the relationship, that, the, that the, the project, that the opportunity might be restored, might be brought back online what God intended. And so James says, we need to, do, we need to be like that. We need to be 
quick to listen, slow to speak, and then slow to anger. Even when we hear that person speaking things that just, oh, it just, it just turns us inside out. We need to take a deep breath and go back into it with compassion and grace, with kindness, with faithfulness, with relentlessness, so that they too might be rescued, that they might be redeemed, that they might be brought back online with God and that this relationship might be restored. James says, the reason he gives for this, the reason he says be slow to anger, he says, because our quick anger, human anger, never achieves the righteousness of God. Now we think of righteousness as something I have. You know, I'll, I'll never be like God if I'm not, that's true. But righteousness is a word that has to do with relationships and community. He says, you will never achieve the marriage that you desire. You will never achieve the relationship, the friendship that you desire. You will never achieve the community that you desire if you're basing it on the quickness of human anger. Because we jump to conclusions. We tear things up. He says, instead of breathing deep and diving back in, And knowing all this, trusting that God's gonna have our back in this. And so I can dive back in. I can lay myself open. I can lay myself on the line in order to achieve the thing that God desires. And he says, he says, this is the message. By breathing deep, by diving back with this compassion, diving back in, coming alongside, it can save marriages. It can save families. It can save friendships. It can restore communities It can bring things back in line with what God has intended. So what are the takeaways from this this passage of scripture, from these simple instructions? Be be quick to hear, be slow to speak, be slow to anger. Well, first is the obvious. He says, listen first, and then listen well. And then, (laughs) even if you're, Feel everything like you shouldn't be listening anymore. Turn around, breathe deep, dive back in, come alongside and listen some more. It says if we'll take that time to listen, it will change everything. But practically, what does that mean? What can we do? I think each one of us could go back home today and we could take this and we could say, what are those areas? What are those relationships and those places where I probably need to listen more? Where I've been spending too much time talking and not enough time listening quickly. Whether it's a relationship with someone else, whether it's my relationship with God. Where are those places I need to listen better? As we go into those relationships, go into those conversations, we think about, well, how am I going to approach those differently? Remember to remind yourself of those things that you know, of how God is with you. And he is for you and he's not gonna let you fall and it doesn't matter what it looks like in this earth. What matters is that God has you and he's bringing you into life and he is bringing life in through you. So as you go into those places, learn to remind yourself, listen well, but then remind yourself, find those places where you need to and then remind yourself. And then as you go in, this is the hard part, try holding off on sharing your own thoughts for a while. That's tough, isn't it? It's tougher for some than others. My, life, my wife is a far better listener <laughs> than I am, and she would agree, right? I tend to want to tell her what's on my mind, but 
hold back on your thoughts. And, and this is trouble for me. I want you to know that. This is trouble for me because now I got to go home and I got to do what I just said. <laughs> See, you guys get to sit out there and hear and evaluate and decide. I, I've thrown it out there. So now I got to live into this thing. But in doing that, try holding back on your thoughts. Press into understanding, listening first and listening well, and then speaking out of what you've learned, out of the understanding that you have because you've listened. And then the the last thing is this, keep at it. Just keep at it. Even if it seems to be going south, keep at it. Take a deep breath, dive back in with the relentlessness and the compassion and the grace of God. Keep at it. James tells us to do this. These are his instructions. And the reason is, is because you guys, listening is truly how we love. If you, if you look at God and the way that he loves, he, he listens. He hears what we need. He doesn't just show up and say, this is what we're gonna do. He hears our cries. He listens to our prayers. But at some point he says, you know what? I want you to become more like me. Listening is where we learn how to love Loving is what changes everything, amen? God's love, God's way of loving is what changes everything, okay? Giving you guys enough to do for this week? (laughs) I know I've given myself enough to do this week, so, and Carrie's really hopeful at this point. 